0: I
1: okay.
0: feel mm-hmm. Welcome to the Bench Women's podcast, episode 140. Your boys is back in the building to do what we do best, and that's discuss sports. But first, let me check the temperature in the room, man. Man, two of my brothers, you know what I'm saying? Their teams played each other, and, you know, it got ugly for somebody. It wasn't ugly. It was a good game. But if you, if you need some context, you know, Ramon is a Colts fan. Been a coach fan ever since I known them. And Los, of course, has been a Rams fan since I known them, you know, dating back to the St. Louis days. And they they were quiet in the group me They weren't talking to each other. They ain't talked trash last week. I was like, man, I didn't even know y'all teams played each other uh Sunday. Like that's how quiet it was. It was weird. But anyway, we know how that game went and the results of it. So I just want to check it before we get into recapping week five. I wanted to get into like, are y'all good, man? Are y'all still friends? Like, are we still brothers? Are we going to, able to get through the podcast? Is there any <laughs> tension between y'all that, that needs to be sorted out? Because I'm here for you guys. And for once, I don't have a horse in this race and I'm willing to mediate. So I want to check the temperature in the room. How y'all doing, man? Man, the temperature is good,
1: man. It's it's like a, a sunny California day over here. You know, it was uh, it was it. Was, hey, I can tell you what, man. The Rams, man, they may know they may owe me some like heart medicine because you grew up twenty three old. I'm feeling good. First half, we cruising to a win, and then here come the Colts. Here come the Colts storming back. I'm like, what is going on? Not only that, our quarterback gets banged up in the game. He's playing with one leg and. You know, the guy we've been talking about the last two or three weeks, the, the sensation, the Puka Nakua, man, like he, he had to close him out. It was one of the best endings for him to score his first touchdowns. You know, and again, right now he is nine receptions above the next player. Uh, you know, when you're looking at a- uh, uh, Aquan Bolden, who had 30 receptions through four games. So he's on a historic pace right now. We'll see how he do when Kuku come back. But uh, right now he's uh, tearing it up. So I couldn't ask for a better game. You know, it was, you know, I instantly hit yeah, the Yeah, at had
0: started the pile yet, oh, oh, oh,
1: my bad, my bad, my bad. I got excited. <laughs> hey, talk Rams, I got excited. Nah, go <laughs> ahead, <it>. man. Finish. <laughs> no, 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 that's it. You're
2: right. My bad. <laughs> yeah, bro, I, honestly, you could, you could have just kept the whole segment because really, like, I really feel like I'm just doing it so I won't get fined type of stuff right now, bro. That's the only, only reason I'm really responding right now, but, uh, I just kind of wanted to flush the whole weekend of football because it just wasn't a good weekend oh, yeah. of football for my fandom uh, yeah. at all. Uh, but I think, honestly, I think why you probably didn't see us going back and forth too much even leading up to the game, I think that there was a little level of uncertainty really on both of our <laughs> ends. <laughs> I, I'm being honest. I think that we probably both had some uncertainty. So typically if we had a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit more confidence in our teams, you know, we would have been letting it fly in the group me. But, uh, but, 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 yeah. but at the end of the day, man, it honestly ended up turning out to be, you know, a good game. Uh, I'm still looking at my Colts kind of, to me, in kind of a developmental mode, seeing Anthony Richardson show signs of what he can truly be. So uh, still all in all, no moral victories. You know, a loss is a loss, but still, uh, you know, I'm not tripping too bad on it.
0: Yeah, it's all fun and games, you know. We uh, before we jump into it, though, you know, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast, Opinated Benchwarmers, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Uh, follow us on social media. Uh, currently, we're mostly active on Instagram. O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram. Get some visuals. Uh, let you know when we drop. Uh, also, Twitter. We're not as active. We're getting there. O underscore Benchwarmers as well. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter for when we do get active um but like the fellas mentioned it was a sad day for football fans for me as we re- recap week five we'll start on the college slate as LSU fans we all know how that game ended uh but there's a little continuity here uh consistency on opposite four on opposite front for the Saints which is my NFL team and LSU of course that's where I graduated from and that LSU has one, a top five offense. But had but their defense is ranked like 114th. And then you look at the Saints, we have a terrible offense and a predictable offense, which I went on my P. Carmichael rant last week. That will continue this week. We need to fire him. I'm finally gonna say that. I hate to for anybody to lose their job, but in this case, I think he deserves to be fired. And then we got the Saints, whose defense is pretty much lights out and Against the Bucs, our defense played good enough for us to win the game, but we couldn't put any touchdowns in the the game. And then, but right before halftime, which I'll highlight, we decided to hand the ball off to our fullback as opposed to a running back. He ends up fumbling, and we end up giving up points before the half when the defense pretty much took away the ball from Baker Mayfield, almost ensuring that we would go into the half only down by one score. But undoubtedly, we end up, down by two scores because of offensive play calling so I, again i will say i won't talk too much about the saints but another l because the saints play calling is just terrible man and, and you know i just don't know what to say about it it's just it's just horrid at this point
1: yeah i, I would just say this and i think my guy uh, Vivian, uh Alvin, i'm sorry yeah. i said it best MC South still run through the buccaneers man <laughs> we thought all no, time man. was gonna check out and you know it's going to be the Saints year everything was in line for the Saints to take over that division and then you know they still getting handled by the Buccaneers so
0: what? um you
1: know out the clip is out there what Godwin said about the Saints and you know um I would I would challenge the listeners to go out there and listen to what Godwin said about the Saints but um uh, it was pretty explicit but I think there's a little bit of truth, you know, because the proof is, is in the numbers and how they pretty much they handled that game. Well, now, whether that was because Carr was injured, you know, play calling, whatever it was, right.
0: It's play calling. If,
1: My opinion, they should have gave Jam- Jameis Winston that start, right. They should have no. gave him that start in I my disagree. opinion, because when I look at that game and I was watching that game, it's still, I don't know. He didn't look ready to me. I look at the yardage. I look at the yardage at the halftime. Um, I just felt like Jameis Winston is better than an injured Derek Carr, in my opinion.
0: Well, I mean, you look at the you look at one of the biggest drives like before the fourth quarter. And I mean, I think that was the third quarter. And then literally every other play that was taking Taysom, that was taking Derek out and put in putting in Taysom. Like we need to get rid of that. How can Derek get into you could clearly see Derek was frustrated? Um, but I, I didn't see any implications of injury towards Derek. I don't think I think he was never able to get into a rhythm. And I also think that the play calling is so predictable. We're stuck in these long third and longs constantly. Like, just offense is just, in general, from a strategic standpoint with the Saints, it's just all over the place. We don't have a legit plan. You know, I'm looking at, you know, I hate to compare them to the Chiefs, but you look at how their play calling, or even the Jets last night, their play calling, you know, just a California-style three-step drop hitch. Like, we don't even have that. And we have the weapons. It's just, you know, P. Carmichael is just, I don't know, He it's time for him to go.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, y'all said it all. I think the one thing that I would point out is, to me, the interesting piece of it was really the resurgence that we've seen from Baker Mayfield. Like, I think that Baker Mayfield was kind of left to dry. Like, everybody thought, you know, his career is probably Uh like.
0: Did y'all watch the game? Baker did not play that well. Like, he did not play that well. Good enough. I mean, I, I think we played bad enough for them to win. Like, did you see that horrible pick before halftime?
2: Well, I think, bro, I still think that ultimately you still gotta get a man enough credit for what he did. It's not like I mean, just <laughs> like you mentioned, you say the Saints have a top tier defense, is what you would say, right? You know, oh, and yeah. I understand game flow and all of that changes things, but still, in order to produce what he produced with even Mike Evans going down for some time. Um, within the game and things of that sort, I mean, I think that the guy played a, a pretty good game. I think that you can't ignore what Baker Mayfield did out there and what he's done to start off this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, Rob, and I know this is a touchy subject for you, but when a guy throws <laughs> three touchdowns on your team and beats you pretty handily, twenty-six to nine, you have to give him some respect. You know what I mean? And I know this is a touch again a touchy subject, but the guy showed up, man. He showed up and did enough to win that game. Um, and it's not like he has this most awesome running game. And like Ramon mentioned, Evans left the game, and he still was able to handle the game and at least manage it to win that game. So, again, I agree. I think Baker did enough. But I think Baker needs to be talked about a little bit more of what he's doing with these Buccaneers, especially especially following the GOAT. That's probably one of the hardest shoes to follow, and he's doing doing well so far.
0: Yeah, I'm not convinced. I think we should have won that game, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, recapping week five, uh, it's, it was a big week in the NFL. I think one of the surprises we could start off with last night, what we saw in the Sunday night football game with the Jets and the 49ers. i mean, sorry, the Jets Jeez. and the uh, Chiefs. Uh, well, they're two of the top teams, you know, same thing. But, you know, we saw the Jets put up a pretty good fight after that safety Bad call with the face mask, and it was given two points. It looks like Zach Wilson was able to get into a a type of rhythm, and we saw him show flashes of what the Jets thought they drafted, and we also saw a guy that was in rhythm. We saw a guy that was confident. Outside of that fumble late in the game, that pretty much costed them the game. I thought Zach looked pretty good last night um, against a formidable defense in the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, big time, big time. I mean, this is the first time, which is crazy to think about, that Patrick Mahomes has been outplayed by another quarterback. That's whether that's yardage, whether that's less interceptions thrown, whether that's uh, more touchdowns thrown during the game. So for Zach Wilson to step into that big game on primetime with Taylor Swift there in attendance, uh, which, you know, we've seen that (laughs) up and down probably too much, you know. But anyway, with – and then for to the show-up, yes, he had a crucial fumble at the end, and he took ownership at the end. You can see what his teammates trying to uplift him. But he out he outplayed Patrick Mahomes in that game big time. And so I think if he plays with that confidence, he throws those back shoulder balls, he might have a chance, you know. I'll say this. Did Aaron Rodgers kind of play a part in that this week? They said he showed up to the building this this week, you know, to uh, – really help the team out and get the morale up and maybe even I'm sure he's in a QB QB room with them. So um this was his best game, I would say, as a as a as a professional, um in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Uh I guess I'm just a little shocked that we couldn't make it through 15 minutes of the pile without a T Swift reference. I oh thought about all- I was
0: trying to Avoid oh that topic altogether. My gosh! Bro. I thought
2: of all platforms, this would be the one platform that we would find a way to skirt around it. But uh, of course, you you got to get a listeners what they want, huh? You got to get a listeners the y'all gonna, y'all gonna make Look,
1: me? We talk got about some Swifties, it? man. We got some Swifties out there. You
0: y'all know? gonna make me talk about it on the Monday, bro? I already no, told you the type of no. day I've had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: yeah no i
0: I, I think that is it's like one of those relationships with him that i think it was probably like some pr type you know it some it just doesn't seem genuine to me but it makes a lot of sense you know hall of famer type and probably one of the best tight ends to play the game you know taylor swift you know i don't listen to it but legend legendary 12 grammys you know her, her tour doing billions of dollars you know, with his jersey sales going up 400%, you know, like, it's real. I think it's perfect, like, just PR work to me. Or I could be wrong. Maybe nah. they'll get married and maybe they love each other. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I think the thing about it is that even if that is the case, it's still perfect PR work, like, no matter what. No matter what you say, like, so, see the way that it's taking over kind of the league. I mean, I, I saw that the NFL put, taylor swift is a header on the on twitter obviously we saw what was going on in the fantasy football and the sleeper app uh that that still has not changed that that picture of taylor swift is still there for travis kelsey uh so it's definitely been stuff that's been uh taking over uh sports and the thing about it is the league might as well capitalize on it like you said she got a heck of a fan base out there so you might as well take those moments to capitalize on it and I continue we
0: talking about this <laughs>
2: We didn't turn this You're into you breaking a, it
0: down. Too. I'm like, oh, those good points.
2: So,
0: he just thought <laughs> through this. make a lot of sense. Nah, keep going. Like that.
2: <laughs> nah, that's pretty much it that I have on there. But I think that ultimately, <laughs> just in kind of getting back to the game, like y'all were mentioning, it just still makes you think of really where the Jets could be. I, I hate to gloss over what Zach Wilson did because he had a heck of a performance. Really great game from him. But it still makes you think, man, what could this Jets team have been like to see a team that honestly Thanks. made Patrick Mahomes look pedestrian? I mean, it's, it wasn't the typical Patrick Mahomes that we're used to and accustomed what was to seeing. He doing?
0: Yeah, what I was mean, he doing last night?
2: Could have had three interceptions, honestly, could have turned the ball over three times. Uh, and so you know, man. I mean, that Jets team is is scary because of what they possess on their defensive side of the ball. Like their defense is honestly elite. Um, but that's what you know the good teams do. They find a way to to squeeze out of the game. They find a way to get out of those kind of games with a win,
0: even when they struggle. So, yeah, I mean, good game. Uh, I think that that's that's a monster game. Um, but recapping week five again. Uh, I mean the Dallas Cowboys imposed their will on the New England Patriots and I don't think there's much to talk about outside of their defense there but then when you look at the Patriots and how bad they've been since Tom has been away you have questions about Mac Jones and I've heard the blasphemous statement of should Belichick be fired or is Belichick on the hot seat you know and I used to think that it was more so of a, like a hot take or people trying to go viral or cloud chasing. But, I mean, you really have to evaluate this coaching staff and what Belichick has done. But I wanted to ask you guys, did you see this performance being uh, one? I mean, we know what Mac Jones is a little below average. But Belichick, I mean, where does Belichick fit in all of this and have your opinion shifted on Belichick now? Or do you think he his time is passed?
1: I don't know. I mean, the, the players bring it up this all season. I can't think of the exact name, but was he a product of Tom Brady? Has he done anything since Tom Brady left? I would argue he hasn't. You know, I would argue that he has struggled. I would argue that those teams have been mid at best. Um, so I I think he. I mean, I would just say again. I don't know. I I would say I don't I don't think I don't think I don't think Bill Belichick is the guy that we once feared, you know, without having Tom Brady. And that's just my opinion.
2: Yeah, Uh, I don't think he's that guy, but I still don't question him as a head coach. I still think that Bill Belichick is one of the greatest that we've ever seen. And I still think that he although things kind of fell apart in this one, obviously. Uh, And this actually happened to be the worst loss of his career. Like this was the largest margin of defeat that he has ever had uh, as a head coach. Um, But, you know, so I think that the wheels have kind of come off a little bit. uh, But ultimately, I still, you know, believe in Bill Belichick and still think that he's one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, But the way that I really honestly looked at this game to maybe not flip it too soon. But I just looked at it as Dallas doing what they've done three out of the four weeks of this season. You know, they had the one game that was kind of the blip on the radar with the Cardinals that kind of caught everybody off guard. But pretty much three out of the four weeks, they have been dominant. And if pretty much once they've gotten the ship rolling, I mean, they've steamrolled the teams that they played against. We saw how it came off the handles against the Giants. We saw in a way in which they dominated the Jets team that we were just talking about that played well against the Chiefs. And this was just another example of it. So I I kind of view it as more of that than so representative of maybe Bill Belichick.
0: Yeah, I mean, my opinion is that I think with anything, I think you have to know when to let things go. Uh, Belichick, not to speak to toward his greatness, uh, but I I mean, his greatness is unmatched and what he was able to do with Tom Brady. But I think maybe he's a little outdated. Maybe he's a little stuck in his ways. Maybe he's a little stuck in the in the ways that that things used to be done, as opposed to where the league is headed. And you know, I think it's apparent there. I mean, I know Mac Jones is uh, not the best quarterback, and we know that now. We can say that confidently. But you know, I think in Belichick's arrogance, he may be. He may have said his coaching can overcome that hurdle. And you know, I think that when we look at where the league is going. And we're looking at, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Are we looking at, you know, uh, I I would use Joe Burrow. He hadn't, had, but we know Joe Burrow's injured. But you know, you look at some of the greats in the in quarterbacks in the league, Justin Herbert. You know, you have to have a guy that can get it done. And I don't think Mac Jones can overcome it. But I do think it's a little bit of maybe Belichick is losing his touch just a little bit as far as his grasp of a team. Um, I, I don't think I think it's been happening for some years now we just ignored it because of how great he can be but ultimately I think it's I think Belichick maybe his time had we've seen it pass him a little bit um but anyway I mean we got a big game mentioned in the Cowboys we got a big game next week probably one of the hugest games and as the Cowboys versus the 49ers um we'll get into predictions in a moment but what is your outlook on that game when you think of that matchup?
1: I think that I mean you think about two fan bases that travel. When I think about that game, I think about fan bases that they're all they're they're in a way way stadiums making noise and making it hard for the other other teams, you know. So um I, I think it's gonna come down to the trenches as it always does. I think um if 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 the Cowboys can protect Dak, um I think the Cowboys take that win. Um I, I think Right now, I I really just don't have, I don't think the 49ers are who they are. I think the 49ers are very beatable. I think the 49ers, um I just don't yeah, I know his, his record is great and he's in a quarterback friendly situation, but I just don't have a hundred percent faith in Brock Purdy just yet. He has to show me, he has keep have to keep showing me the throws oh, wow. that he make, right? When you look at McCaffrey and you look at Debo Samuel, things that he do. He's throwing it right. Almost like a handoff to McCaffrey. McCaffrey's taking it for 30 yards and a touchdown. Right. Who's going to make him play the quarterback position? Um, And, you know, I just don't see that down the field accuracy yet. It's a lot of things that, you know, I think he's going to be exposed eventually. On, um, And I may be on the island with this, but I think he's going to eventually be exposed if team can get him out of those comfortable throws and stop those throws and put him in third and long.
0: Yeah. Spoken like a true division rival.
2: Right. 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 (laughs) The thing I was going to say to that now, this is definitely the perfect test for it. But I think it's a little easier said than done to make that happen. Uh, When you look at that offense, when you look at those weapons that surround him, you know, it's a little bit, you know, difficult to get him in those situations. When you have a running game and a running back like Chris, Christian McCaffrey that's going to pretty much set you up most times to be in positive situations when you get into those third downs. Um, As you said, I mean, Dallas will be the perfect game for us to be able to see it. I think that it's one of those that which QB plays better in that game. You know, we've seen Dak have moments where we thought he was going to break through and play well in the big game. Um, He hasn't always come through in those moments. So I believe there's still a little bit of question marks there. Uh, but honestly, man, I think that it's going to be potentially the best game that we've seen so far in this season. Uh, To me, two games, two teams that are pretty evenly matched, two teams that have, to me, vaunted defenses. Uh, I just like, honestly, the firepower a little bit more of the 49ers, especially, you know, if they can get Debo to a a better place physically. Uh, I know he's obviously still hampered by that injury, but it should be a heck of a game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't wait. It's uh I think it's Sunday night. Uh so I'm, I'm gonna be I'm excited about that one looking forward to that. Um, uh, but anyway, and I in our week five recap, I think where we did it. Um, we did a little bit of surprise stuff, but I think you know, maybe we could, you know, wait a couple more weeks to give us some surprising. I think the only thing that I probably kind of wanted to bring to you all attention is is there any team at this point in the season which their record doesn't really show what they'll really be? So you got like a lot of uh, one in four teams, one in three teams. You know, is there anybody that comes to mind that you feel it will at least be a wild card or be a factor or contender later in the season?
1: Still, personally, waiting on Minnesota to turn the ship around. I just think that's just I don't too think talented. It's
0: happening. Yeah, it's
1: just too talented of a roster. A they struggled with the Panthers this week, but they end up coming out with a win. But when I look at their roster from top to bottom and their their firepower on offense. Um, I think they're a team that can do it. I think they're a team that can do it. They just need to string together some wins. They got their first wins against, again, a 0-3 team this weekend. But I think they they were a team last year that were fighting for the number one seed. You know, not much has changed with that, with that roster from last year besides Dalvin Cook. And we've seen what Dalvin Cook looked like this year on the Jets. He's a shell of himself. He's he's not the guy who he thought he was going to be. So, um, you know, I, I would just say uh, the Vikings will be my pick.
2: Uh, to be honest, at this point, I really don't have a pick that's a team that's that their record isn't representative of where they're finished. Like, I think that in seeing this sample size so far, most of the teams are who are they really are, like who I think they are, because I think that ultimately a team that you could look at. Obviously, everybody talks about the Bengals, but we know that Joe Burrow is not healthy. And we know that, honestly, I feel that they just need to let Joe sit. Like, let him sit. This even may be a season that you may have to do a little bit of a punt on and get a top five, top ten pick or something of that sort. But seeing Joe Burrow be compromised in the way that he is health-wise, like, that team is not about to turn it around with the way that Joe Burrow is playing right now due to the health. So, so you know.
1: So I got this question a couple times times um, just from people asking fantasy questions, either online or at, at, at work. If you have Joe Burrow in that situation, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing for a quarterback situation? In most situations, you got Joe Burrow, you think you're good going into the season, right? He's been amazing the last couple of years, right? You know, even with a Super Bowl run. What are you doing in that situation? How are you handling that? Who are you picking up to replace that? And who's available?
0: I mean, yeah, I, I mean, probably.
2: no, I mean, I think that honestly, you know, uh, hopefully maybe one of the young guys is still out there. Maybe just like we talked about last podcast, you can find maybe a guy like a CJ Stroud potentially still floating out there. Cause maybe the, the, you know, the average uh fantasy football player, the casual fo- fantasy football player has not caught on yet to what CJ Stroud can be. Um, So hopefully like if you're, in a position where you didn't have good depth at that QB position, I think that you should always at that position, have a solid backup. Um, But if you don't have that and you got to go find somebody potentially on the waiver wire or somewhat something of that sort, I think that you, you know, make a move for a guy like that. Or honestly, I mean, you have to explore the trade market at this point, you know?
0: Wow. Yeah, I mean he had it's hard. It's terrible to watch. I hate I hate my dog going down like that in the game that we saw, man. I had, you know, one sixty 160, one hundred and sixty-five yards, you know, like that's not Joe Burrow, you know, in, in his passing and in his accuracy. Clearly he's not right. Uh I, I do think the Bingo should have sat him down. I, I think they putting him at risk. They put him at risk to either further injure himself and where something more serious to where he can't come back from, or you know they put them at risk as as far as you know, just from a morale standpoint. You know we saw how Jamar Chase felt week one. He said he felt like he shouldn't have been out there. Uh, he don't want him out there until he's right. But it's ultimately he say it's not his decision. So uh, those are things you have to look at there. But um, yeah, no, I'll just uh, and then and one of
1: the deep ones I would just add to Ramon's point is the actual dives, man. He's a guy that we have to start looking at. And I know there's floating around that Kyler may come back, but Joshua Dobbs has played well. If you look at his last few games that he's played, he played the 49ers this last week and put up 23 fantasy points. Before then, he played Dallas and put up 17. and He played the Giants and put up 25. So at some point, you have to start looking at this guy like, okay, he's giving you something with his feet. He's, He's spreading the ball around. Um, so he's a deep, you know, a deep guy that if you got to go there, you have to at least start considering it, especially with him coming up playing the Bengals, right? A Bengals that can give up some something on, on on in their secondary right now. So he's a guy that I would consider picking up if you're in that situation, at least seeing what he can do.
2: Yeah, and the last thing too, just two other names, a guy that we were talking about earlier in the podcast, and Baker Mayfield. I know that he isn't a guy that sounds like the greatest name out there, the name that everybody wants to grab, but Baker's actually been pretty solid so far this year. And another name that I would throw out as well too is a guy that actually still sits unclaimed in our league, um is Russell Wilson. You know, he's a guy that maybe you can come in, be a plug and play type of guy. Um so those are just a couple of other options out there too.
0: Yeah, interesting. We talking about trades for the Bengals. That's crazy. But well, anyway. we're
2: talking about from a fantasy football standpoint. That's that's the way
0: I interpret it. Oh, I didn't it, right? know we from shifted a... into fantasy yet. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, for people that's in that situation, who do you pick up as a backup QB? Speaking of
0: fantasy teams, what do y'all think? As we wait on this Monday night football game, as we record, this will probably come out way after that. But I, I'm up by five points, and uh, my opponent only has Tyler Lockett left. Am I winning?
1: It's over with, brother. Pack it up. <laughs>
0: man, he, he had a three-point performance in week one. Brother. My brother.
2: You can pack it up. <laughs> you can pack it Look up.
0: Look on the next week. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Move on, man. don't accept that L. Bro, I still could win. No, I need – he got to get eight points. My bad. Eight points. What eight points now we talking. That changes it. You will know by halftime <laughs> what, what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to know by halftime. I'll take it. Okay. Uh, uh, but anyway, you know, we're going to get into it. We did it last week. We'll continue to do it. Um, wave wire pickups. They're always relevant, uh, for the listeners. Uh, we've gotten some pretty good feedback on that. So we'll continue to do so. Uh, but waivers guys, who's out there? Uh, I know in our league, nobody's out there. Uh, pretty much in an advanced league, I would say you're probably picking up for need, um, for death. Um, for future implications of that particular player, a player that hasn't blossomed yet, who you expect to. Um, but you're looking for death. But in some leagues, there are still players out there um, that still value out there. You know, I'll I start off with uh, Saquon. He's out another week. It was announced tonight. So that means that Matt Breeder, you know, by the time he hit it, it won't do any good this week. But who knows when is coming back from his high ankle sprain. So I'd say if Matt Breida's out there, he's worth a pickup.
2: Uh yeah, no, I can definitely see that. I think another name that's uh floating, obviously just because of the performance that he had Sunday, uh, especially with Javante Williams going down is a guy in Jaleel McLaughlin, uh, who came in and stepped in um and really assumed that role. Uh, I think he finished with what over what about 72 yards or so. Uh, and I think he had what a touchdown or two uh within that game, but he's a game a guy that is worth rostering uh because what you can obviously see now within that backfield is if Javante is missing any time, that he is the guy now at this point. Uh Samaji Piron's value is pretty much gone down to almost nothing at this point. Um, and so he's a guy that's worth rostering, especially since you have a guy in Javante that of course was Hurt, you know, towards ACL last year. He's still been somewhat recovering for that, but just went down again and could be shaky potentially for the rest of the season. So he's a guy to consider.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. I think y'all snapped off, took off both of mine, man. Like, so, I mean, again, I think we talked about a little bit the quarterback position right now is something that um, is kind of all over the place right now. Um, you know, like you said, Russell will be a good pickup. We mentioned that earlier in the podcast. Um, you know, Josh Dobbs uh, another name to keep up. But I'll just say Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup at the receiver position. He's a guy that right now that is finally starting to look look like what the Michael Gallup that we've used to been used to seeing. The first two weeks he started off a little slow and he was dropped in some leagues. But right now he's been playing over fifty percent of the snaps the last two weeks and you know, 15 and 11 fantasy points is a guy to at least stash, right? We know Brandon Cook's injury history, you know, who knows, you know, any given week he can step up and be that number two guy, you know, maybe that number one guy, the way the NFL goes. So he's a guy to at least start looking at and at least start considering.
0: You know what I was thinking about is that I'm doing some DFS lineups, right? And I'm touring in in between putting Tyler Lockett in my lineup. Oh, hey, come on. Hey, my brother my brother <laughs> i'm gonna tell you this I, I, i'm
1: going against i'm going against geno smith tonight as we record this on monday night and <laughs> i honestly battle with the same thing i'm like i don't want him to do well because right. he can get less than 15 points and then i think about it like well i would rather make money than worry about it's a it's a win-win right if he That's... goes off hey i make money if he you know doesn't go off i just don't need him just to do enough yeah. you know? <laughs> Beat me right. and don't go off so that's that's the worst case scenario
2: yeah i'm nah, sorry i'm good.
0: sorry to derail the pod <laughs> no
2: nah, you're good you're good i was gonna say yeah you can stack the deck just go in and stack the deck you might as well go for it
0: <laughs> well i appreciate it fellas either yeah. way just know that I appreciate y'all's support here, man, as I go into a nervous breakdown tonight.
2: Another a quick name that I would mention, and I think that this is probably a name that will be more off the radar, uh, and especially because of the situation over there, the passing situation, and he probably, for most people, wouldn't be typically looked at as, as tight end one over there. But what do y'all think about John Jonu Smith? Is he a guy that's worth rostering?
1: I mean – with China. the trade deadline think... that's coming up, right? Don't get me wrong, right? This is the NFL. The trade deadline coming up. He's a guy I won't waste the roster spot on because again, it's hard when your roster's spots are limited, but he's a guy to at least monitor as a trade deadline come up. And I know this Twitter or X, whatever we calling it now, it rumors right now is people want to see uh my guy traded. Uh uh, I can't even think my of it. Kyle Pitts, my yeah, my apologies. Kyle I want to see him, he trade, see him it. trade. I want to see trade him trade it. it bad, right? <laughs> he, he has a talent, he's not getting the targets, but you know, you have a Jonathan Smith there, it, the stars might align, and he's somebody to at least keep on your radar.
0: What y'all thought about my dynasty trade that I did? Oh, yeah, I you like want to
1: break it down? Do you want to break down
0: the trade? <laughs> Keenan Allen Breakdown? for Kendra Miller and uh aforementioned uh. Why am I drawing a blank? Kyle Pitch. Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I can't Pitts. even remember the man's name. <laughs> <I can't remember laughs> Kyle Pitts. That's disrespectful. Tell you how I feel about that's, it. that's disrespectful, man. <laughs> it's no, a dynasty I mean, league. It's a dynasty, league, dynasty for context. league.
1: And I think I think there's only a matter of time before Keenan Allen, right? His historic injury history. And he already popped up. I think I saw it like two days ago. He popped up on the before the game started. He ended up being fine. But he already popped up on the injury list, I think, with a hip injury or something. So I was like, oh, here we go. They slowly start to slip in. So um, I think from a dynasty standpoint, you're betting, you're taking a big risk with Kyle Pitts, right? You, you're hoping that Kyle Pitts can be traded. You're hoping Kyle Pitts can find his stride. Eventually, I mean, the talent may show up. Um, it is a long-term move. I get it from your standpoint. You are a rebuilding team. So, um, you know, I, I thought it was hey, fair. Hey, hey. I, I think – think you could have got a pick in there but I thought it was a fair deal yeah. I, I think it was a I think it was a good deal
2: yeah that that was really gonna be my only take on it I would have squeeze I would have grabbed like another pick or something out of it that that would have been me I would have took pits and tried to see if I can squeeze a, a pick out there even if it was a, a 2025 one you know that I'm gonna see a little bit down the line I would have saw if I could have squeezed the pick with it yeah
0: so y'all don't see no value in Kendra Miller
1: and I haven't seen it yet, so you got to
0: show. Well, me. I, I just keep in mind, you know, Calvin Camara was our third string running back back when we signed AP, uh AP and we had Mark Ingram. So maybe I'm hoping for the same situation. <laughs> but hey, uh, back to waivers. Are we done with waivers or no? I think All
2: right, too, that's good.
0: Cool. Well, let's transition into hoops. Can y'all believe that the NBA season will be starting in a few weeks? Uh, camp starts tomorrow for most teams. We've already we started in September, the Lakers. Media day was today for the Lakers. Very exciting time. But I know that the listeners are interested to hear. We haven't been in basketball mode in a while. We've been heavy in the football. But the big trade, you know, Damian Lillard finally has been dealt. Um, if you've been living under a rock, by the time you listen to this, to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, a trade that I, I really felt was very interesting for all parties involved including the sons who gave up aaten eight will be a blazer and then narkic will be um uh she uh, to the phoenix Suns. The Suns. to the phoenix Suns, i thought it was a good you know that's just the kind of like the 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 basis of the trade there were some picks there and whatnot but you know, Drew Holiday ended up with the uh, – I'm sorry, with the Blazers, but the Blazers did a, a, a another move and traded him to Boston, which I thought was huge. Uh, but ultimately, what did y'all think about the deal? And what did y'all like? What How do y'all think that, just real quick, Dame will pair up with Giannis? I
1: mean, again, I, I initial thought was like, wow, they got Dame. And then, you know, I kind of saw what they had to give up to give up Dame give up to get Dame Lillard, and they were already the number one seed last year, right? They were already a good team. They've already won the championship with Drew Holiday. To me, it just didn't it didn't move me that much as I thought it, it should. I thought, I think they're still going to be a good team, don't get me wrong. They may still be the number one seed, but when I look at what Drew Holiday did, right, to match that team, that defensively, losing that, right, and defense wins championships, losing that part. Um, I think it's going to be huge. I think they're going to miss that a lot, right? Because Drew Holiday was a, a guy that can guard positions one, two, and three. You know, that gives you that switchability. You know, he covered up a lot of stuff on the perimeter. I don't know if Dame's doing that, right? I don't know if Dame is guarding one, two, one through three. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's going to be an underrated part. And I, I like Dame, and he's a historical shooter, and he's going to do good, and he's going to make up on that defensive side, Right. On the offensive side, but we've seen right in the playoffs when it's the floor shrinks, when it becomes a defensive game, you know, it ain't about shot making. Right. Everybody's making shots. It's about how many stops that you can get. Um, you know, we've seen what Miami did to them last year and they were just going. They were just defensively just putting the Milwaukee Bucks in the blender. And so I don't know. I, I don't think to me, right. There may be odds on favorites in Vegas, but to me, it just didn't. It doesn't move me because Dame is a 33-year-old guard Um and I don't know I just I don't I don't I'm not that moved by it
2: yeah I mean I guess for me I, I'm not kind of crazy over the moon with it and everything of that sort but when I look at a team that has been a perennial contender at this point and you add a guy like Damian Lillard who At the end of the day, Dame can ball, man. Dame is a guy that, you know, I think that his game and Giannis's game will complement each other well. You know, I'm thinking about the fact that, you know, can you really imagine uh, even Giannis and Dame in a pick and roll right now at this point? Like, what do you do to defend that? Um, I think that, you know, this is going to be, of course, the best roster, the best team that Dame has played with throughout the course of his career. We've seen Dame, to me, be a, to me, a big time, prime time performer as it relates to the playoffs. Um, And so I think that honestly, it's a heck of a move. You know, I think that it's a move that would have helped him, would have helped them last year in the playoffs. Uh, I know you talked about some of the defensive struggles, but I think that even when Giannis was compromised, if you could have had a guy like Dame to come and shoulder the load and take over some of those games, I think that you could have potentially gotten past uh, Miami in that series. So. I mean, I think that it's a, a deal uh, obviously worth making. You know, you heard all of the whispers of of Giannis saying, you know, he wasn't going to commit kind of long term. He's going to see how things go. And so I think that, honestly, management went and did what they needed to do to say, hey, we want to solidify having Giannis here long term. We'll go and get him a guy in which he previously talked about that he would like to play with. So uh, I think that it's a heck of a move for the team. I think that you know, it makes them favorites out there in the East, uh, kind of co-favors at this point with Drew winding up there over at Boston. Uh, so I think it makes them co-favors in the East at this point, but it's a deal worth making when you can get a guy that's a top 75 all-time player in Dame, and that's indisputably a top 10 player in this game right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, you, you're right. You hit the nail on the head. I think that the move ultimately uh, makes the Bucks a contender. Uh, we know Dame's work. He's a closer. And I think that it also takes a little ball handling pressure off of Giannis. Uh, Giannis will be able to operate more in the half court. But also, I mean, we got a sniper like Dame on the perimeter. I mean, that is just, you know, uh, that's just so valuable. And, you know, when you talk about closing out games in the playoffs, you know, there were points where Drew disappeared. And I think that it was an upgrade offensively. Of course, you lose something on defense. Uh, Of course, you know, he's one of the best guard defenders that we have in our league. But, you know, ultimately, I mean, what Dane brings offensively and closing wise, well, Giannis finally has somebody on the team where he's like, okay, I trust you with the ball in your hands with the game winding down. I think that you have to go get that guy. Um, I think that the writing was on the wall for Giannis and Giannis threw these hints. It was a leverage move. He had all the leverage. Um, even though he has a couple more years on his contract, you know, the Bucs knew they had to do something in order to retain him. And I think that this move here uh, did it. I think it was, if you, if you have this on the table, you have to do it. And I think Dame is happy. And I think Giannis is happy. And I, I look forward to seeing what it looks like on the floor. Yeah.
2: hundred percent. And I think about the way in which also too, as you talked about on the floor, it continues to open the floor for Giannis. Now you think about them from an offensive set standpoint, there is no way you leaving Dame, obviously. You have a stretch five and Brooke Lopez. You have a guy obviously still in Chris Middleton. Um, and then, you know, watch, we're gonna finally see Malik Beasley. He's gonna figure out how to shoot the ball again. not that he in Milwaukee and not in LA. We already know that that's bound to happen. Uh, so I think that ultimately, too, the way in which it can still, of course, open up the floor for Giannis, you know, is you know, a heck of a thing for that team. And so I think that. There were honestly a lot of, of winners that came out of this deal. And I think yeah. that, to me, Portland Portland got one of the best well, hauls that you can get for yeah, a superstar. Yeah,
0: they did a nice job. They did a nice job with that.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, if you... I, if, yeah,
0: you go ahead. No, I, was, no. I wasn't cutting you off my back.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, if you just look at the haul that they got, ultimately for Dame and getting a guy in DeAndre Aiden that still has that opportunity to be a nice focal point of a team, you go and get Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, a name that I cannot pronounce into Tum- Tumani Kamara. <laughs> um, and three <laughs> first round right, three first round picks as well, in addition to some pick swaps. Like to me, that's pretty much as good as you can do when you trading a star talent. And yeah. you know, to maybe derail my point a little bit, but to go to Los's point, a guy that is in his 30s at this point uh you know 33 to be able to get that type of return for that guy is a heck of a return
0: and it goes to your point I mean you got Scoot and who I was very impressed with in the in the summer league and it, I think that they believe that Scoot is their replacement I truly believe that his talent I, I hate to compare it because Dame's my guy but Scoot is a real talent Special. and then you, you still got Afrony there so I mean The Blazers will not. They did it the way, if there was any way to do it, they did it the right way. And I think that they will be something to reckon with in the future. And, you know, you mentioned eight, a guy that for the past two, three seasons has been questioned his work ethic and what he brings to the table. And I thought that he always needed a change of scenery. And he's getting it. And and he's going to be fired up. He's going to play with a chip on his shoulder. So and I think that he's an upgrade over Nurkic. So because Nurkic can't stay on the floor. So, I mean, when you look at that, I, I think that the loser of this trade, I would say, is probably the Suns.
2: Yeah, I, I can I can see that. I can see them as a loser. Now, what I will say is I think that ultimately their route that they went was to try to build out additional depth for the team uh, because, of course, obviously, we know that we they struggled with that last year, and that was ultimately a big part of them getting bounced in the playoffs. But I think that when you look at some of the surrounding pieces that they added, it was more trying to get additional bodies, guys that we can have in the rotation. I do think from a talent standpoint, you do have a a bit of a drop off, obviously, from Aiden to Nurkic, as you mentioned. But I think collectively in the additional bodies that they got, I think that that will help them out. I think that the depth is what they were looking for in the
0: deal. Yep. I agree. I agree. So uh I think with that we we can wrap it up, man. I'm looking forward to the NBA season. Uh you saw a little a couple sound bites about the Lakers and how fired up they are again to play the Nuggets, but we'll see. I mean, whatever they whatever they say, Anthony Davis say he, his plan is to play 82 games. We'll see. So I mean, I, I love the talk. I love what I'm hearing out of camp. All, all the right things are being said. LeBron has uh dedicated this season to Bronny. I mean, just a lot of things, (laughs) a lot of things coming from this media day. I'm like, okay, but uh, we'll see. I'm excited. Yeah. I I mean, it's
1: exciting. Yeah, man. I mean, bringing, running it back, right. You running this, you running it back with the, the core pieces and you can argue that they even got better with around the edges with the players that they did end up bringing that was from the outside. So I'm excited, man. I'm. Mean, this is probably, the I'm telling y'all in the group check like three weeks ago, like, I'm ready for the Lakers to play. This is probably the most excited I've been in a long time to watch the Lakers play, you know. Yeah, we I'm always excited
0: wrestle. when my team not doing well. So when the Saints suck, I, I love I love when... when <laughs> yeah. The, a good distraction. The, likewise. <laughs> yeah, likewise. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a very, very good distraction for me. Right. But I think we did it again, though, fellas. Uh, I mean... Here we go. We we on a we on a run right here. We are gonna start of a run. We appreciate y'all for rocking with us this long. Uh, bench benchwarmers. Make sure you chew a subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I mean, sorry, Google Play and Stitcher. Uh, make sure that you leave a review and share it with a friend because that will help the numbers. But until next time, we are out of there. Item.